And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of our Uxbridge High School Spartan Podcast. I'm Uxbridge High School Principal Mike Rubin. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to some of our happenings. And, you know, as I think most people realize, it's been a, a couple of very challenging weeks here at UHS. Uh, obviously, uh, with the, the circumstances that have been surrounding schools all over the state and uh, around the country, coupled with some difficult circumstances of our own. We, uh, we appreciate everybody's outreach and support, uh, and as well as your candor. And I think that's something that I've been really proud of is uh, our development of a really strong relationship with parents and community members who are quick to, to share with us their thoughts in a non-threatening way. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, we try to share information in a pretty transparent and ongoing way and sometimes those challenges, uh, sometimes our, our communication comes out as proactively as it can, and other times uh, we know that we have to rely on going slowly to go quickly, if, if that makes sense. So um, being more deliberate, and we do try to share in everything that we, we send out, our convictions and our core values and that brings us to sort of our first our first topic. Uh, last week, we did send out a letter indicating some of the challenges that schools are having around TikTok challenges. Now, we've been fortunate so far that the so-called October slap a teacher uh, challenge has not taken place here, but the vandalism of the school has. And while it has died down of late, the vandalism in school restrooms that was occurring for much of September was was particularly troubling. And... As the year progresses, there is a, a list that TikTok has vowed to combat, but it does include something each month to draw attention. For example, November is record yourself kissing your uh, friend's girlfriend or someone else's girlfriend, and then I'm not going to get into some of the more vulgar ones that continue over the course of the year. We do have really great fortune and to have just some tremendous young men and women here at UHS. They would never think to engage in that kind of behavior. They understand consequences, but we also know that social media can influence kids to sometimes do things that are less than uh, appropriate. And they, these decisions are rash and reckless and oftentimes result in severe consequences. So again, keep this in the forefront, keep an eye on what students are doing with uh, social media platforms and be candid with the forewarning. This is not something that we can necessarily uh, take lightly, uh, particularly when things are vandalized or when students may, you know, do something worse. I.e., slapping a slapping a teacher, which is just beyond description to me. In the past couple of weeks, we've we've done some. You know, pretty interesting and, and forward-thinking opportunities with our counselors and our grade 8 teachers as well. Uh, this week, our grade 8 teachers were trained on a platform that some of our students may have used a year ago at the Whiten School, uh, but definitely uh, we'll be using this year. It's called Thrively. It's part of our Career Pathways program. And part of the reason why we try to implement a program like this is to give students a sense of background of careers and post-secondary planning that, that could interest them. 
I know for a fact that some students see this as, uh, as busy work and some students may not see the connection, but we're hoping that as it's integrated more regularly into classes that students will see uh, a direct connection between what they're learning, skills and content, and what they plan to do in the life beyond high school. Our ninth grade students, as part of our PSAT day a few few days ago, met with both our school counselors and our adjustment counselors to work on both post-secondary planning and some social-emotional screening. I'm super proud of the adjustment counselor's work in that it helped the students develop some very specific mindfulness strategies and identify elements of their lives that could be fairly stressful and productive ways to respond to those stressors. We uh, administered something that's called a universal screener. It, it measures and helps us get a sense of who's at mild to moderate to even major risk for uh, anxiety. And uh, there's another as- assessment that we will be administering in a few months, uh, or a few weeks, I'm sorry, uh, that checks for some depression uh, symptoms and uh, red flags. It helps us look at patterns and elements with which we should address our curriculum, and it also helped us provide some immediate individual outreach to some students from a mental health perspective. Uh, really proud of the work that was done there and hope uh, to continue it over the next several weeks. Uh, I think the last piece of this before we turn things over to a quick chat that I had with uh, our athletic director, Mr. Carboni is the reality of COVID-19 still being a part of what we're dealing with. And again, we've had some great fortune. I, I got to be honest, uh, part of it is, you know, kids being being smart. And part of it is this that the numbers have, have declined of late. Uh, we've not been having regular uh, outbreaks here at the school. And that is a good thing. I, I did send out a survey a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to ask for some color and some ideas of, of people's perspectives here at, at the school. To be perfectly transparent, more than 50 comments came back about masking and protocols, many of which are beyond me, uh, and they were split about even, 50% each way, between people who were saying, thank you for keeping the masks on and keeping students safe, and people who were saying, the masks are ridiculous, take them off, this is incredibly dis- uh, harmful and disheartening, and we're not doing enough. Uh, it was It's a very complex issue, and I hope people respect that. Uh, one of the questions we asked was, what led you to rating our our school in a particular level of safety? And we didn't ask for perspectives on masks, but that's what we got. The good news is that we got 150 responses to this survey, and nearly 97% agreed in some way that the building was safe. However, it was followed up with comments, and I'm going to read a couple that were kind of back-to-back. COVID is not a serious threat was one comment followed immediately, literally the next responder, uh, we're still cautious and like that you're taking this seriously. And then the next person, maybe two or three comments later said, we wish you were taking things more seriously. I I will share with you that we are doing the very best we can to mitigate our range of risks up here at the high school. We are also doing our best to exercise some common sense. And for those that are concerned about the mental health impact of masks. I have to be very honest 
that we have not had a single student uh, referred to our uh, adjustment or school counseling staff with respect to mental health challenges directly correlating to mask wearing. So blanket statements of students are depressed, especially when we're doing a lot of work on universal screening and checking in on students' mental health, uh, saying that a mask makes students depressed or saying that there's some, you know, just general depression uh, cloud hanging over our building is, is not necessarily accurate or helpful. Uh, but if your child is suffering from symptoms of depression and you believe they may be connected to uh, things related to the pandemic, including masking, we do urge you to bring those up to, if not one of our school counselors, then your child's pediatrician. Uh, as far as some of the mask breaks, we do not have a formal mask breaking time that we have the entire building shut down and have the kids go outside. Uh, we are very lenient with kids taking their masks off in the building, uh, taking them off in class, and uh, taking them off for a minute or two just to get a break. We have not, uh, not once I can that I could think of, uh, told a student that they weren't permitted to take off a mask. But we do follow rules about exemptions, and right now we are far short of the eighty percent number that the state has imposed on us. Uh, we have uh, some other. Uh, pro protocols and procedures that we we try to take. Uh, if a student does need a break and needs a break to be extended, we do work with them on that. Uh, we do have uh, some information that we filter through the, the state level and our local board of health, and we are doing our best to have individual conversations with students who don't mask properly during the day, and it becomes a consistent problem because we do have an obligation uh, to keep other people's, uh, to keep everyone safe. Uh, but we also realize 100% of the time for 100% of the students with every mask on at every minute over their noses for the entire time they're in the building minus the time they're in lunch or taking a quick drink, it's not feasible and it's not untenable. Uh, it's untenable, I'm sorry. But we do do our best and we hope you can go to bed at night knowing that. Uh, there are a couple questions that have been made uh, about sanitizing surfaces. We do not do that every single period. That's, again, in alignment with the Department of Public Health uh, guidance. And some folks have also asked if we've made any decisions regarding the fall, uh, I'm sorry, with the spring and events like the prom or other large-scale indoor events. And quite frankly, nothing has been made dec uh, decided. Nothing has been decided for anything about May or June. Uh, we are right now working on ensuring that we have procedures in place for our more imminent events, uh, such as the fall play and also the uh, start of the winter sports season. So we hope uh, this, uh, this podcast has been enlightening. We're going to turn things over right now to a quick chat we had with Mr. Carboni, our athletic director, about the successes we've had this fall. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. And... Uh, Here's a little chat with Mr. Carboni coming right up. Well, it's great to be back with our athletic director, Chris Carboni, and uh, talking a little bit about what has been a very successful fall season. Uh, I think, you know, you look up and down the, the league standings and postseason and the way some of our teams have performed 
And uh, Chris, you, you know, obviously getting him back out there with a degree of regularity was a nice shift, but focusing just more from, you know, the reality of this fall, it's been a pretty productive and pretty successful fall for the Spartans. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it has. Um, it's really great for these, for all of our student athletes to be uh, getting back to somewhat of a normal fall season. Um, it, we, you know, we're very fortunate that our programs are healthy. We're flourishing. Uh, we have great support um, in coaches in place and um, the teams are doing great. Um, you know, all of them are, are finding their successes and are peaking at the right time as we, you know, transition to um, the statewide tournament coming up in November. Well, I think there's a there's a, an interesting thing for us to chat about. Uh, you know, some people have, have actually reached out and asked, well, what's what, what's the central mass tournament and what's the statewide tournament? There are all these different terms that are being used this year that are are unique. And yes, if you if you venture east of 495 into the eastern mass world or you happen to go west out to, you know, you know, the Franklin County or the Berkshires also some some challenges out in in that neck of the woods here in central mass uh you know despite the existence of the state tournament there has been some interest in persisting with central mass and uxbridge is participating in that at least for now as a as a pilot this year uh maybe people aren't even aware of what the statewide tournament structure is yeah i think um just talking about the central mass tournament um you know it is a Central Mass regular season tournament that was put in place in response to the MIAA going statewide. Um, a lot of, you know, the, the schools in Central Mass, um, you know, this, this sectional central tournament that they call districts, um, you know, that's where uh, most of their, you know, programs found success. Uh, whereas, you know, they have a tough time facing, you know, the schools out in, um, you know, in the East when they get to the statewide tournament. So, you know, for a lot of these small schools, the districts was everything. So, um, you know, a bunch of us central mass athletic directors got together and, and, and found a way to try to, you know, bring and keep districts alive. So, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's a piloted tournament where, uh, we've opted into it this year. We're going to see how, you know, how we do, how we face, how we like it. And, um, reflect a little bit and and see if this is going to be for us or or if it's something that we feel the need to you know round out our regular season schedule and maximize that and um, and again just wait for the statewide tournament. Um, luckily, we do have some options and again we're just trying out to see what works best for Oxbridge. And that being said, uh, I think one of the things that must have been exciting for our teams was when they saw the power rankings come out. There have been a couple of teams that have done really well. Um, you know, our, you know, even a sport that you know has historically, over the last few years, has maybe uh, found itself at or near the top of the standings, still finds themselves with uh, with with some pretty good success, like girls soccer and field hockey, and. Then you take into account the sports that don't have these tournaments, sports like cross country, sports like golf, where Uxbridge has had just some really great success over the last few weeks. Yeah, we've been doing great. And, um, you know, where girls soccer and field hockey, are, you know, at the top 10 of their uh, divisions and power rankings and uh, boys soccer is, is creeping on into the top 32. 
Um, and, you know, in football, they, you know, they get a big game against Leicester this, this week and, um, you know, they win this one and, and, you know, and, you know, they can kind of creep into the top 16. So, um, you know, it's, it's, we've, we've found success where we're peaking at the right time. And, um, you know, these kids are, these kids are doing great on the field. So it's, it's, again, it's really fortunate to have, um, flourishing programs and, and great opportunities for our Spartans. Chris, uh, you know, I think one of the other things that has has definitely come up over these last um, oh, you know, there you go. You get a phone call in the middle of a of a <laughs> the phone call in the middle of a uh, of a podcast. Maybe we'll edit that one out. Maybe not. Uh, taking a look at at your own experience, both in the Southern Worcester County League. I mean, there's uh, there've been some changes. I, I know from my perspective, uh, there've been four or five principals that have changed over in the last couple of years. Uh, there've been a lot of athletic directors that have changed over, over the last couple of years. Uh, people have retired, people have moved on, uh, for us having, um, you know, a sense of continuity is important and we've been able to maintain, you know, chunks of our coaching staff over the last couple of years and certainly our, our leadership team, uh, when you get out there and you see what some of the challenges that people are facing, you know, at a statewide level and, you know, just in our own little league, some of those haven't hit Uxbridge, but I think people need to realize how fortunate we are that we have three levels of some sports. We have JV teams in most of our sports. We've had participation numbers that are up. Um, we have, we don't have too many facility issues. We have an athletic trainer at games. I mean, these are all things that, that for some people, they're, they're not exactly run of the mill. Uh, you know, these are luxuries for some places and they're not here. Uh, yeah, I think people should know that's a, that's important. Yeah, it is. And in a lot of our schools, especially in our league are struggling with transportation issues and they, uh, they don't have the budget for an athletic trainer and, um, you know, at the beginning of the fall season, a lot of cancellations with JV programs. So, you know, it's it's been challenging for some programs. And, and again, we're just very fortunate in Uxbridge to, um, you know, to to keep our foot on the pedal and and, and keep on moving. Um, I think it's great that we've, you know, retained, um, you know, I think all that all but one head coach for the fall. And, um, you know, we have that consistency going here and. Um, you know, we have all those support systems in place and, and again, are fortunate that we, that we have those luxuries that, that some of the schools do not have. So for you, as we head into kind of a, uh, uh, we'll just say a really busy time of the year, uh, we will be registering winter sports. We will be, uh, finishing up the fall central mass tournaments and transitioning to the statewide tournaments. What do you see as the priorities for Uxbridge Athletics over the next, you know, couple of weeks, couple of months, and what can people start to expect, particularly as we we move from the outdoors to the indoors? Yeah, I mean, the priorities are, uh, you know, we just have to really focus on finishing up strong in the fall season. Make sure, you know, all of our teams have, you know, officials at the games, have buses for transportation. Make sure that. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of being mindful of, of especially the, you know, moving into the tournament season where, um, you know, we don't have those schedules and, you know, make sure we communicate those schedules out and, 
you know, transition to winter and uh, registration is going to be opening up on November 1st for winter sports, uh, you know, make sure we kind of, you know, get that transition in place. And, um, and I'm actually just starting to plan our spring sports as well. So there's a lot, lot that's going in, you know, involved right now with the athletic program. And again, we just have to kind of be mindful of what's going on, being very organized and, um, and just, you know, being, re you know, there and ready for, for all the challenges and opportunities. Well, Chris, I know that you are a busy guy this time of year, so I am going to say farewell. I know you got to set up for a tournament game. By the time people listen to this, hopefully uh, that tournament game will have been a victory, but I'm going to, I'm going to let yeah. you sign off. <laughs> yeah, we have um, girls soccer is playing St. Paul today and field hockey opens up. Um, tomorrow versus Quabbin for their second round game. Uh, they're fortunate to have a first round by and um, hopefully we keep on winning and, and boys soccer is... Uh...